0: Chapter 20 of Master of the Vineyard by Myrtle Reed. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Lady Traveller, they ain't on the bureau and they ain't on the washstand, and I disremember taking em out last night when I went to bed, so I must have swallered em. Grandmother's speech was somewhat blurred, but her meaning was distinct. Well, returned Matilda with aggravating calmness. If you have swallowed em, you have, so what of it? Matilda Starr, I should think you'd have some human feelin's about you somewheres. Here your mother's gone and swallowed her false teeth, and you sat there, not tryin' to do anything for her. What can I do? I can't stand on a chair and swing you by your feet, same as Miss Bates did when her little henry choked on a marble, can I? Besides, you couldn't have swallowed em. You'll find em somewheres maybe i couldn't have swallered em but i have grandmother mumbled what's more i feel em working now inside me they're chewing on the lining of my stomach and it hurts i didn't know there was any lining in your stomach there is it said so in the paper did it say anything about hooks and eyes and whalebones what kind of a lining is it cambric or drillin i don't see how you can set there matilda and make fun of your poor old mother when she's being eaten alive by her own teeth i wouldn't treat a dog like that much less my own flesh and blood i've never heard of dogs being et by their own teeth commented matilda missing the point ostentatiously lame grandmother limped to the decrepit sofa and lay down with a groan rosemary came in from the kitchen with the oatmeal and was about to go back for the coffee when another groan arrested her attention what's the matter she asked i'm dying rosemary grandmother mumbled hoarsely i've swallowed my teeth and i'm dying in agony nonsense you couldn't have swallowed your teeth that's what i told her said miss matilda triumphantly but i have grandmother retorted feebly i can feel em here she placed her hand upon her ill-defined waistline and groaned again rosemary ran upstairs inspired to unusual speed by the heart-rending sounds that came from below when she returned grandmother seemed to be in a final spasm and even matilda was frightened though she would not have admitted it here said rosemary now come to breakfast Grandmother rolled her eyes helplessly toward Rosemary, then suddenly sat up. Where'd you get 'em? she demanded in a different tone. They were on the floor under the washstand. Please come before everything gets cold. I told you you hadn't swallowed 'em, remarked Matilda caustically. Maybe I didn't, but I might have, rejoined Grandmother. Anyhow, I've seen how you'd all act in case I had swallowed 'em and i know who to leave my money to when i die she beamed kindly upon rosemary in whom the mention of money had produced mingled emotions of anger and resentment if you had swallowed em rosemary couldn't have got em, matilda objected she'd have tried said the old lady sharply and that's more than can be said of some folks not mentioning any names breakfast bade fare to be a lively sparring match when rosemary interposed pacifically never mind what might have been let's be glad she didn't swallow them as the others accepted this compromise the remainder of the meal proceeded in comparative peace i heard from the milkman this morning said matilda that marcia's company has gone gone repeated grandmother what for i thought she had come to stay a spell Gone echoed rosemary in astonishment did she go sudden queried grandmother well in a way it was sudden and in a way it wasn't she was more'n a whole day puttin' her clothes into her trunks the respectable trunk and the big trunk and the dog-house and the one what had bulges on all sides but one what train did she go on the eight o'clock accommodation yesterday morning young marsh went down to see her off and the station agent told the milkman that he stood lookin' after the train until you couldn't even see the smoke from the engine. The agent was restin' after havin' helped hiss the trucks on the train, and young Marsh up and handed him out a dollar without even sayin' what it was for. He reckoned it was pay for stoppin' the train and helpin' to put on the trunks, but the railroad pays him for doin' that, so the milkman thinks it was kind of a thank offering on account of her havin' stayed so long that they was glad to get rid of her. "'Twasn't no thank offering,' replied Grandmother, shaking her head sagely. "'That's what they call a tip.' "'The agent was some upset by it,' Matilda agreed. "'He's been keepin' station here for more'n ten years now, "'and nobody ever did the likes of that before.' "'I didn't say it was an upsetment. "'I said it was a tip.' "'What's the difference?' "'A tip is money that you give somebody who thinks he's done something for you, "'whether you think he has or not.' i don't understand matilda muttered i didn't either at first grandmother admitted but i was reading a piece in the paper about women travelling alone and it said that in order to insure comfort a tip should be given for every slight service them's the very words it means bowing then returned matilda bowing and saying thank you it's no such thing wait till i get the paper after a prolonged search through the hoarded treasures of the past three or four months grandmother came back to her chair by the window adjusted her spectacles and began to read the lady traveller by land when it becomes necessary for the sake of either business or pleasure for a lady to start out upon a trip alone no matter how short she should make all her preparations well in advance so that she need not be hurried just before starting and may embark upon her journey with that peaceful and contented mind which is so essential to the true enjoyment of travelling she will of course travel with the smallest amount of baggage compatible with comfort but a few small articles that should not be overlooked will more than repay the slight trouble caused by their transportation among these may be mentioned the medicine chest in which are a few standard household remedies for illness or accident—a bottle of smelling salts, another of cologne, and a roll of old linen for bandages. While accident is not at all likely, it is just as well to be prepared for all emergencies. The lady traveller will naturally carry her own soap and towels, and also a silk or cotton bag for her hat. She— a what for her hat asked matilda with unmistakable interest a silk or cotton bag for her hat grandmother repeated to keep the dust out what's the good of wearin a hat if she's got to set with a bag over it it doesn't say she's to wear the bag well she's wearin the hat ain't she how's she to put the bag over the hat while she's wearin the hat without wearin the bag too that's what i'd like to know maybe it's to put her hat into when she takes it off for the night grandmother suggested hopefully though she was not at all sure a person ain't likely to get much sleep in a hat no nor in a bag neither she should also carry her luncheon as the meals supplied to travellers are either poor or expensive or both with a small spirit lamp she can very easily make coffee or tea for herself or heat a cupful of milk should she be restless in the night care should be taken however not to set fire to the curtains surrounding the berth in this latter emergency the curtains surrounding the berth grandmother repeated in a wavering voice it's printed wrong they've got it b e r t h seems to me murmured matilda that a woman who matilda interrupted grandmother imperiously for a moment the silence was awkward unmarried women ain't got any call to be thinking about such things let alone speakin of them. this piece is written to cover all possible emergencies of the lady traveller but it ain't for such as you to be asking questions about what don't concern you go ahead said matilda submissively where was i oh yes the ladies dressing-room will always be found at one of the two ends of the car care should be taken early in the journey to ascertain which end. If there are many ladies in the car, one should rise early to take advantage of the unoccupied room for a cooling and refreshing sponge-bath. It will be necessary to carry a sponge for this, and a small bag of rubber or oiled silk should be made for it to prevent moistening the contents of the suitcase after using. Supposing they all subscribe for this paper, Matilda objected, and all should rise early for the cooling and refreshing sponge bath taint likely grandmother answered after the bath one should take plenty of time to dress as nothing is less conducive to comfort in travelling than the feeling that one has been too hastily attired by this time the porter will have the berth in order if he has been tipped the night before matilda murmured inarticulately but was too wise to speak The usual tip, Grandmother continued hastily with her cheeks burning, is twenty-five cents for each person every twenty-four hours. In order to ensure comfort, a tip should be given for every slight service, but nothing smaller than five cents should ever be given at any one time. It has been said that a porter is a dark gentleman who has been employed to keep air out of the car. "'but the lady traveller will find it easy to induce him to open a ventilator or two "'if he has been properly tipped. "'Fresh air is very essential for the true enjoyment of travelling. "'He can throw many little comforts in one's way. "'A pillow during the daytime or an extra blanket at night. "'Or... "'I don't know,' Matilda interrupted, "'as I care to have comforts or pillows or blankets thrown at me night or day.' especially by a man no matter what colour he is mindful always of the possibility of accident grandmother resumed it is well to keep one's self as presentable as possible especially during the night when according to statistics the majority of wrecks occur consequently the experienced lady traveller will not undress entirely but merely removing a few of her outer garments and keeping her shoes within easy reach she will don a comfortable dressing-gown and compose herself for sleep. Some people prefer to have the berth made up feet first, but it is always better to have the head toward the engine, as experience has proved that the slight motion of the train assists the circulation, which should run toward the feet if sleep is to be enjoyed during the night. If, owing to circumstances, it is impossible to carry a luncheon, and one must either leave the train for one's meals or go into the dining-car there are a very few simple rules to remember in case the meal is to be taken at a wayside station and as often happens there is more than one eating-house which offers refreshment the lady traveller should wait quietly by her own car until she sees into which place the train officials go remember that they have been over the road before and know where the most comfortable and reasonable meal is to be had upon the other hand if one goes into the dining car the same rules apply as at any well-regulated hotel from the list of dishes which will be offered her upon a printed card the lady traveller may select such as seem attractive and in case of doubt she may with perfect propriety ask the waiter to make a selection for her as he has been placed there by the company for that purpose having eaten to her satisfaction she will carefully compare the cheque which has brought her with the list of prices given upon the printed card, add them up mentally without seeming to do so and if all is right pay the bill giving to the waiter ten per cent of the total amount for a tip that is If the cheque calls for one dollar, the waiter will receive a dollar and ten cents. "'What for?' queried Matilda. "'That's his tip,' explained the old lady. "'That's what I've been telling you all along. "'Does it cost ten dollars to go to the city?' "'Not as I know of. "'The fare used to be four dollars and something. "'Why?' "'Then why did young Marsh give the station agent a dollar? "'That's what I want to know.' you can't find out from me grandmother answered with all evidence of having told the literal truth shall i go on with this piece i'm trying to read or don't you want your mind improved none i'm willing to have my mind improved but i'd like the privilege of asking a question occasionally while it's being done last week's paper said there was no way of improving the mind that was to be compared with reading shall i go on yes go on if the cheque calls for a dollar and a half the waiter will receive an extra fifteen cents for his tip and so on in case of any disagreement always refer to the train officials who are usually courteous and well mannered should they not be so however a threat to write to the president of the railroad will usually be found all sufficient to produce a change of demeanour the lady traveller should bear in mind the fact that it is impossible to confine the pleasures and privileges of travel to entirely reputable persons and should hence keep upon the safe side by making no chance acquaintances whatever the provocation may be by wearing dark clothes preferably her old ones an unassuming hat and no jewellery the lady traveller may render herself inconspicuous And not likely to attract masculine attention in case of accident it is allowable to accept assistance from anyone though the train officials are at all times to be preferred if one desires to know what time it is how late the train is how long the train will stop at the next meal station or when one is due at one's destination the train officials are the ones to ask upon a long and tedious journey however or in case of many prolonged delays it is quite permissible to exchange a few words upon the weather or some other topic of mutual interest with a fellow-passenger of the same sex whether she be travelling alone or accompanied by her husband pleasant acquaintances are sometimes formed in this way and it may be entirely safe and proper under certain circumstances To accept small courtesies from a gentleman who is travelling with his wife such as the brief loan of a newspaper or magazine or information regarding the scenery through which the train is passing when none of the train officials are at hand it is best however to be very careful for it is much easier not to begin friendly relations with one's fellow passengers than it is to discontinue such relations after they have been once begun it is seldom necessary or even advisable to give one's name to any one except the officials of the train but there can be no objection to showing a fellow-passenger of the same sex one's name upon one's ticket if polite relations have been established this is better than speaking the name aloud which might cause embarrassment if it were overheard and carries with it no such social obligation as the exchange of cards would do arriving at her destination the lady traveller should proceed at once to her hotel or lodging-house if no friend is to meet her regardless of the plans of her fellow-passengers if one should chance to meet any of them afterward a courteous inclination of the head accompanied by a bright smile is sufficient recognition or if for any reason one prefers not to recognize those with whom one has travelled all that is necessary is to appear not to see them in case a gentleman should attempt to converse with the lady traveller while the train is in motion or at rest this same conduct meets the exigencies of the situation admirably simply do not appear to see him if however he continues to converse turn to him and say in a low well-controlled voice sir if you persist further in forcing your unwelcome attentions upon me i shall summon the conductor at once in most cases the objectionable party will at once leave and the interference of the conductor will not be required the next article in this series will deal with the lady traveller by water where conditions are entirely different and require a different line of conduct there said grandmother clearing her throat and folding up the paper i hope you understand now what a tip is it seems to be one tenth of all you've got observed matilda staring out of the window like those religious sects that believes in giving a tenth of everything to the church Travelling must be terribly exciting remarked grandmother pensively so tis matilda agreed after a pause i reckon it's better to stay at home chapter twenty